0: Okay, so I think we're live everyone. Um, If someone could just pop in the chat, um, just to let me know. Um, But welcome to Amazon to the Amazon um, reseller network episode number five. And today we have Andy Lawrence on the show. Welcome to the show, Andy. Thank you very much, Christos. Good to be here um wicked so um first things first i'm going to have to just uh shout out the sponsors of the show so shout out to Bybot pro for sponsoring the show and obviously uh fba phil who will be moderating the show throughout so any questions um will be going through him tonight and um just welcome to everyone in the chat i believe we've got some early joiners we've got anita in the chat we've got claire duffs in the chat um we've obviously got fba phil in the chat um and we've got sean gilbert in the chat as well who i believe is uh is a regular on some of andy's shows so um it's good to for everyone to know everyone there and we've got tommy in the chat so um welcome everyone to the um show and today obviously if you didn't know and who andy is obviously we're going to be talking about amazon wholesale so um andy is an expert at wholesale i'm going to let him introduce himself in a moment but um me and andy don't know each other too well but all i have had in the last couple of weeks is people just telling me to get andy on the show so i had to just get in contact and tell him get on the show andy because he's got years and years of experience It's probably the most experienced wholesale seller that I know. So um, without further ado, Andy, could you just give us a quick introdu- introduction to yourself and um, just from start to finish where you started, where you are now and and
1: what you do? Yeah, sure. No worries. So Andy Lawrence is my name. I've uh, got an online community called Wholesale Help. Uh, I've been selling uh, mainly wholesale for uh, over 10 years on the interwebs and uh, started off with eBay uh, back in the olden days uh, before Amazon was uh, really a thing and uh, yeah just been doing that ever since figuring it out for myself and uh, yes i always say i started off uh, in the days where there was uh, no youtube no uh, facebook groups or communities and so there was a lot less communication around a lot less info sharing Uh, there was only a few sort of forums and they were uh, mainly us nothing really uk uh, relevant or anything else like that so kind of made it up as i went along for ebay trying to figure out uh, what worked what didn't and the sort of things if you're an ebay seller that you take for granted the sort of tried and tested techniques uh, now that everybody knows the sorts of things I'd have to try and figure out and, and, and try and find my way and, and really wholesale help started as a way of keeping track of these things that, that I tested and tracked and tweaked along the way. And so I'd write uh, blog posts uh, back then, that was the only real form that you could do, uh, I'm showing my age now, I suppose, but um, yeah, so yeah, that's what I did just write it down and then people started. Uh, asking questions and so I just started helping, helping out people with answering their questions and then I put a video on YouTube called How to Find Wholesale Suppliers. I just uh, did it uh, just real quickly off the cuff, forgot about it for about a month. And then when I came back and checked it, I had over 32,000 views on that video. So I thought, oh, okay, so there's a lot of people that are interested in this, so I should probably take it more seriously and and make more videos. So yeah, that's really what I've been doing, uh, sort of finding out more uncommon ways of building, this business and uh just yeah finding my own path has always been what i've tried to do uh, i didn't have a choice i didn't have the benefit of of uh, uh people like Crystal sharing uh, their journey so i just used to have to have to figure it out and and try and sort of help people where I could and, and sort of share what, what I knew and what I've been able to figure out. So I think it served me well being able to sort of find the, the path yeah. less trodden, so to speak. And uh, yeah, I've just sort of built built my business, found more wholesalers and been able to uh, make a few quid along the way as, as a result of it. So, yeah, I can't complain. It's it's pretty good. That's
0: absolutely amazing. Um, <laughs> like you say, um, you've been on YouTube almost 10 years. Is that right?
1: Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, over 10 years now i think it's 2008 maybe a little bit earlier i can't really remember but yes yeah, so i look like a child if you go i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend going back that far <laughs>
0: well everybody just to let you know andy's uh, youtube link is in the description so i highly recommend you go and subscribe to that after watching this um live show but um but yeah, uh, basically how we're going to do things today is I've got a lot of people that want to know about wholesale. Um, a lot of these um, questions that you're probably going to receive in this chat is some questions that you've probably received over the last 10 years, Andy. Um, but what we're going to do first, I've got some questions of my own because I've actually got a few. Um, I've actually got loads of my own, but I've had to limit it just to a few just to um, for to give some other people a chance to um, get involved. And um then we're just going to i'm going to ask you to um just share with us just some ways to acquire wholesalers as an amazon seller or an ebay seller maybe as well um, because that seems to be the most popular question that I seem to get um, from people just reaching out to me which I can't even answer um, but I know that definitely you can so we'll move into that and obviously we'll take live questions from everyone in the chat on the um, side chat as well so please feel free to ask any questions we've got him for an hour and a half so make the most of it guys Um, and then obviously if you are watching this back um, on YouTube, then please feel free to leave a comment and I will try and get your um, question answered by Andy um, as soon as possible. Okay. Um, but uh, yeah, let's just jump into my question. So basically, Andy, I know it sounds ever so basic. Um, what exactly is wholesale and what is selling wholesale on Amazon?
1: All right Yeah, well, it's a fairly, uh, fairly good question, really. But really, it's just Wholesale, there's a lot of words banding around the uh, internet with uh, online arbitrage, retail arbitrage and wholesale, and they're all basically the same thing. You're buying uh, a product uh, from a wholesaler or a, a distributor or a supplier, whatever term you want to, uh, uh, to give it, um, you're buying them at a trade price and you're selling it um, where you want to sell it. Now, if you sold that in a bricks and mortar shop, And then you would be you'd be selling uh, you selling that platform if it's on eBay, it's on there if it's e commerce site, but it's all basically the same thing. It's all retail. So you're buying it trade, you're selling it retail quite uh, basically. Now, Because we have different things that we do on the Internet, then we'll have things like retail arbitrage, which just um, sort of talks about how we would go into stores and shops and find uh, things to sell. But basically, it's the same sort of thing. We're using discounted retail uh, prices as our wholesaler. Uh, and maybe we can't buy as many uh, uh, as many in quantity, maybe you can fill your trolley up and buy uh, 25 items of a thing if there's a nothing stock and then we're selling it wherever we want. So the process is very basic and, and the same um, It's just we use these different terms to, to sort of specify where we're getting the stock from and, and wholesalers are business to business Uh, compared to like uh, obviously uh, online stores or or retail stores. So it's a slightly different kettle of fish. It's a different relationship and a different set of buying term, shall we say. Uh, but but essentially, you're just buying a load of stuff, getting a discount because you're buying more of it. Uh, and then you're uh, trying to sell it on the internet for a, for a higher price. And this has been going on for generations. It's not a new thing. It's been happening over a very long period of time. And wholesalers are really just starting to get their head around this whole online thing because I think they've really been taken by surprise by uh, you know the surge in uh, in sales of uh, online sales and and really you know a lot of them are, are you know uh, sort of been going for many years and and are still very much brick and mortar store focus And uh, yeah, uh, I speak to a lot of these people and uh, for a long time, they've really not trusted Amazon sellers. They've not trusted the whole online uh, seller community because of price tanking and things like that. So it's been an education really for both sides so we can understand each other and work together uh, going forward. And and that's uh, a lot of of um, building a wholesale business is communication and relationship building because you have to get over the uh the maybe the misconceptions and things like that that have been built up from both sides really
0: absolutely yeah um yeah so um what i probably um because i know a little bit about because i've followed your instagram and i've got you on youtube i've actually listened to um the podcast that you used to do as well um one thing that i know is that one of the main benefits of doing wholesale for you is that you love to travel and it's very evident by following your Instagram that you're in pretty much, I've seen you in almost every country of the world. Um, But what are probably for you, like some of the main benefits of doing wholesale over maybe doing the used books model or maybe going out and physically buying products from shops, using retail arbitrage, what do you, what attracts you to wholesale? Because obviously you've been doing it for so long. So there must be something there that you know is a massive benefit about wholesale for you
1: yeah well that's the beauty of amazon really is you can you can build your amazon business uh in any way you want based on what you want to get out of it really and, and i've always sculpted my online business to uh benefit my own way of life and as you say uh christos i've uh i've really had a passion for traveling the world uh, for a number of years. I, I try and integrate that into to my life really and that is almost the dominating factor and I've built my business to allow me to, to do that. So I always say that I make decisions, business, uh, buying decisions based around what's good for me uh, and it's not necessarily what Uh, I suggest you do, but it's what I do because it suits my business. And that's the beauty of it. Uh, You can choose the strategy that suits you. There are some uh, universal uh, truths, if you like, that are going to hold you in good stead. But then it's up to you which way you want to go. You can go high volume route. You can go lower volume, higher price or high volume, lower price and various different things. But ultimately, I've designed my uh, business to allow me to uh, be able to to travel uh, as much as I like to visit different countries, explore the world, so to speak, and still run my Amazon business um, because I've chosen more of a, a higher profit, slower turnover approach where I can actually stock up my uh, supplies. I've got a rough idea how much I'm going to be selling over that period. So I I, I send a little bit more than usual in then I go off wherever I am, come back and replenish when I come back. And it allows me just to keep everything ticking over nicely. Now, if I'd chosen, uh, you know, there's a lot of suppliers and a lot of stock lines that I do, I pass on that are still got a uh, reasonable profit that a lot of people would, uh, would take and that's absolutely fine. But I don't want them because I know there's such high turnover to get the same profit, I'd have to be constantly feeding the beast and spending mm. a lot of my time in the business doing that. Um, I don't, I don't want to uh, take on uh, staff and I don't want to build a massive business deliberately. I want to keep it small and lean. I have people that help me out in the busy times when I need it, but the rest of the time I like to keep it small and lean for, for deliberately, because I don't want to create something that is a burden. I want to create something that works for me, uh, rather than uh, just creating another job for myself, which, you know, um is not the aim here, you know. So I think that's something to remember and to take away as you're going through your own uh, sort of um, Amazon career is to decide what you actually want out of it rather than just making money for the sake of making money. Try and decide where you want to take the business. What is your end goal? Where are you trying to get to? What are you trying to do with that business? and try and sculpt it to to what suits you really because ultimately we're not here for a long time you know so uh, we've all got to reach our own goals and find our own uh, find our own destiny so to speak and uh, there's no point looking back thinking well I've just spent my last 20 years of my life slaving over this business yeah I've made I made a lot of money but I haven't had any time to to make use of it, you know? So find out what you want out of your business and go after that because I think that's way more important than just making money for the sake of making money. Money is useless unless you trade it and exchange it for something that you want out of life, whether that's experiences, uh, relationships, and, uh, and all of those things. Uh, or spending more time with your family or just making a shed ton of money um to buy uh ridiculous cars and uh, whatever else like that there's no judgment whatever you want to do is all good but uh, but just try and make sure you're clear on what you want out of it and that way you can build your business towards your own goals and and that's what i have tried to do from from my point of view is to uh, is to sculpt it to make it work for me and uh, yeah I'm not looking for multi millions of pounds Uh, I'm not a super rich person that's not what I need to do because uh, it uh, my business is built to fund me uh, and and allow me to live my life on my own terms and travel the world and enjoy uh, the freedom that that brings and I choose that over spending more time on my business I could work harder I could buy more invest more and do all that uh but i choose not to because i choose to do other things and that is my own life choice and i and and everyone else's choice is cool as well you know that's uh, that's absolutely fine but uh yeah just be clear on what you want and build it towards what you want to do that's that's predominantly what i would suggest
0: that is uh, that is absolutely fascinating. I almost want to just clip the last five minutes there and turn that into its own YouTube video because people need to hear that because a lot of people do think when they start Amazon, they think they're going to be a, a multimillionaire all of a sudden overnight. And, and that's mm-hmm. not the case. That's not the reason I'm in it. it. It's For me, it's all about freedom and just hearing your story then is, is really inspiring. So um, thanks for sharing that. Um, and just like Claire says, she said she couldn't agree more with that, Andy. And, and I believe Philip also said that's a very interesting background, and that is really interesting because I was actually watching you on the uh, Secret Wealth Project uh, show last week, and you mentioned that because you've just come back from Italy, haven't you? Lake yeah. Garda, is that right?
1: That's right, and, and yeah, Lake Garda and uh, Lake Como, and I went to that time. Yeah. Wow, so
0: that, that's, a, that's a really nice place to go. But um, what you, I think you mentioned, please quote me if I'm wrong, that you actually sent in the bulk of your Q4 stock before you even went. So um, you've just been able just to do it all in one hit, go off and enjoy your holiday whilst all of us away is, uh, are just hustle and bust and I know me, like I haven't got enough hours in the day at the moment because I'm mm-hmm. constantly prepping, shipping, sourcing, YouTubing, and it's just absolutely mental at the moment mm-hmm. for me. And I'm like counting down the days till like the sixth of December where I actually go on a holiday on my own. And I know yeah. that I've done all the hard work, but to hear that you've done all of that and mm-hmm. that's because you're following that business model where it's a higher profit, but mm-hmm. a slower sellers Mm. um it's really interesting to hear and it it might definitely be something that i will look forward to in the Mm -hmm. future certainly over next year um but that's really really interesting
1: yeah, that's, I'm, I'm at this point in Q4, I'm in a replenishment state now. Uh, all of uh, my stock is uh, in Amazon and I'm just keeping an eye on levels now. Uh, they should be fine uh, uh, for a while. And yeah, anything that just takes off a little bit uh, faster than I expect, I'm in a position where I can just send a bit more in or just see if they're selling a bit faster than expected. Again, hopefully, ultimately try and keep ahead of the curve and send it in before you need it. Because um, uh, if it's not your first Q4, You'll know that uh, the fulfillment process slows down dramatically at this time of year and you don't want to get caught out and you don't want to be trying to send your stuff in. And then it just sits uh, and doesn't actually get processed into the warehouse Mm. because that's the uh, uh, that's the worst thing uh, to to happen. JC Files in the house. What's up, John? How's it going,
0: bro? Hey, hey previous member of the uh of the live show there jc um welcome to the show mate um i'll do some other shout outs actually quickly while we're here um just quick one before i do that though um do you do all the prep yourself because claire duff's is- asked um, if you use a prep center or something like that is it all just done for yourself because I believe you've got a like a a warehouse and and stuff like that or at least some sort of storage where you keep all of your products.
1: Yeah I've got um, a warehouse on a diversified farm effectively so a farmer that has taken his his storage um, barns and and turned them into uh, commercial storage so I've got uh, one on there it's it's absolutely huge. The value is very good. If you're looking for uh, commercial storage now, there's sometimes uh, there are some sort of trade-offs. Sometimes, but for me, security is fantastic. Uh, farmers are incredibly paranoid, and uh, security is very uh, very high. So CCTV everywhere. It's in it's in a location where you wouldn't go down there unless you're going to the farm and things like that. So yeah. it's very secure um you get way more space than you would do on normal uh, commercial lets as well if they know you and you have a good relationship relationship will come back around several times in this uh, in this chat but uh, if they know you you're going to get good rates because uh, if they know you and trust you, it's worth more to them than getting maximized money out of their deal. So yes, I've got a, uh, I've got a, a warehouse where I store all my stuff and, and prep my stuff. And uh, yeah, I do it mostly myself. When it's really busy, I've got some people I can call on to give me a hand and, and get a lot of stuff in. I've got particularly big deliveries coming in, then uh, then uh, people will jump on and, uh, and help me, and that's great. Uh, but predominantly, in terms of uh, uh, in terms of uh, labor that's that's me i'll uh, i'll do what i need to do to get everything uh, shipped out but like i say um i'm usually ahead of myself and because of uh, relatively slow turnover compared to other people um i'm actually quite happy if if there's something that is chugging along making me 6 pound profit per unit but it just sales all the time and there's very little competition i'm kind of dominating that position i've got the buy box constant constantly i don't care if it sells five items a week i'm happy uh, because i can i know how much it's going to sell i can get it sorted out uh, and leave it there and then just add more and more uh, stock lines as you go and they're almost like little small automatic profit making machines on their own and as long as you keep an eye on and make sure the stock levels are cool just let them chug along you know that's great because because i can be travelling while they're slowly making uh, making small sales and all that adds up you know over time so i don't need yeah. something to sell 15 20 30 40 times a day uh, making 2 pounds i'm quite happy to make more money uh, and have it go a lot slower so that's you know it slow doesn't bother me at all unless it's just so slow that it's not worth worrying about but uh, and it's all about
0: trusting it as well because yeah a lot of people start to panic when their products haven't sold and then they start slashing the price but someone that's as experienced as you 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 trust the process
1: mm. Yeah, exactly. And that comes down to also really understanding the data as well. And, uh, you know, I say my in my wholesale uh, course, one of the most important things is to be, I uh, say, be a scholar of the data and really get to know it, you know, get into like matrix that shit, you know, get into really yeah. d- beneath the data and really understand what's going on. So you can tell a story. You can look at a, a Kiba chart and tell a story and see what's been happening with the stock levels going in and then the uh, the competition driving the prices down. But you can see the the stock level slowly dwindling and these curves are always the same, you know They may go faster or slower, but ultimately supply and demand is a constant. It's like gravity. This is what happens Um, so if um, you know with retail arbitrage I don't do as much as I used to but you know I do the same sort of thing when you buy a popular product if you buy a popular product I don't know from Argos or something you know every man and his dog has found that deal as well so you got your local Argos and go great I've got 15 pounds profit on this thing No, you haven't because <laughs> by the time you shipped it in every man and his dog has also said ah. Oh, look he's got that price on that i'm just going to do it a pound less and then everything will be fine and nothing else will happen
0: and that's exactly why i stayed away from the uh, sainsbury's and tesco's nation- national sales that have just been going on recently mm. i did go- i did go and buy a couple of items that i knew people wouldn't find as well because the barcode went scan and, and <clears> i was typing <throat> in the product manually and stuff like that but it's you're absolutely right in in terms of like argos and, and and tesco's these are all national stores that everyone has the chance to get their hands on but just mm. going back to what you were saying about the um having your own warehouse that actually really reminded me i actually live i actually lived um i've lived by myself for about three years now but um previously to that i lived for 26 years I uh, lived on a farm, which is uh, which my granddad owns. So um, you've definitely given me a tip there. So when I start (laughs) thinking about the wholesale route, route i'm going to be giving that man a call and saying Absolutely. listen i need i need one of your barns so uh. you
1: yeah and as long as there's no rats and no leaks then you're, <laughs> you're happy days you know there's a few things that you must have and uh, no rats and uh, and leaks are the, are the two things but you know i think uh, it's happening more and more in in the country farmers are looking to uh, diversify and find different ways to monetize their their assets. And a lot of the time they have a load of space. It's just what they have on the farm and, and they're not always using it and they can they can take a barn and sometimes they chop it up into smaller bits and, and sort of uh, put on separate electricity and lighting and everything. You get some very nice, well uh, put together units and sometimes you pay less and they're a bit, you know, but uh, depends what you need. If you just need a load of space and somewhere to store stuff, you can get really good deals. So yeah, don't overlook yeah. that. Uh, if you're in a city, you might be out of luck, but some, you know, there might be some really uh, rural places just outside a city that uh, that might only be, you know, 15 minutes out of the way. So, uh, you know, just always mm-hmm. worth having a look at because the the prices will be a lot better. But depends what you're looking for
0: yeah he won't be diversifying i'll be looking for that for free absolutely <laughs> i'll be i'll be paying him in uh, in love or something like that you know yeah there you go
1: <laughs> leverage that relationship christos that's what you've got to do
0: <laughs> awesome stuff yeah. so um this just gives some shout outs to uh, people in the chat we've got my dad um in the chat he started to get involved in the comments now so um he's over in florida at the moment so um he's oh, saying nice hi time. Um, and I believe he's off to the Bahamas tomorrow, so um, I'll I hope he has a good time there. Um, everyone's saying hello to to my dad now he's becoming a bit of a, a figure in the chat. Um, we've got a question come in, I believe from Mr. Sean Gilbert himself um, who said, uh, are all Andy's wholesale seasonal or does he sell all year round selling the same item?
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. I don't differentiate. Um, I really don't care what I sell as long as I hit my key elements uh, for the data and to make sure that product is going to sell. And I prefer year round stuff because, like I said, I'll sell a wooden spoon year round, you know, selling a, a dozen items a week. I don't care because I can just stack that up. And so that's another that's another asset. And then just keep building my portfolio of, of items like that. So, you know, I. I'm quite happy to uh, to have slow selling items like that. It's just a case of keeping an eye on them and predicting how much you need in Amazon at any one time. Seasonal's great as well. But like I said, you know, a lot of the decisions I make are based on what I want out of my business. And so I will leave deals that are absolutely fine deals. Uh, and, um, you know, um, I may take a deal where other people think that that's not worth doing, but that's because of my own lifestyle and what I choose to do with it. So again, some of it's, uh, you know, a personal choice. And like I said, there's nothing wrong with making £3.50 on an item if it's selling, you know, uh, 50 times a day and, and everything else like that, because you're still going to get your ROI and it's still going to make sense for you if that works. But uh, you've got to look, you've got to look at what you want and how it fits in with your business. And that's all it is. It's just a, it's just a decision on on how you how you want to go. No right nice. way or wrong way, as far as that's concerned.
0: Absolutely, yeah. Um, So uh, Georgina asked, um, Andy, do you have a YouTube channel? Yes, YouTube channel is in the description below. It's called Wholesale Help. You can just search it on the uh, YouTube search bar. I'm sure Andy's been in the game and on YouTube long enough to command that authority when you search that term. Yeah, just put Um, in
1: Wholesale Help across the interwebs and I'll come up somewhere.
0: Absolutely. So uh, yeah, like I said, we've got uh, we've got Danny in the chat as well. Um, evening, welcome Danny. to the chat. Um, and obviously, JC Files, like we said, he's listening to this while with his phone's in his pocket, walking home from the unit. So he's been hustling all day, which is anymore. good.
1: I can't do that anymore, John. Look at the size of that! I just picked oh up. Oh my phone God. today. it's ridiculous. Um, I'm a wow. big fan of the small phone. This is a Sony <laughs> Xperia Five, and I, I like a com- compact phone. But unfortunately, Sony don't make compact phones anymore, so I've got to deal with that. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's more it's like a tablet. <laughs> it, it's it's narrow. The, the only reason I got this is it's still narrow, but it's got this extra bit at the top. I think you can get like f- full cinema screen on it but i i don't know but there we are that's what i nice. got <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> so um uh, we've got a question from darren mccorsley um he says i'm looking to send in my first ever products into amazon next week just back from tesco's um can you make a few extra a few hundred pound a month by going around tesco's tk max etc also can I have a shout out. Well, there you go. There's your shout out right there, mate. Um, But absolutely what you're doing there is what is basically retail arbitrage and it's it's a viable business model if it suits you. If you've got the time to be able to go out and go to these stores, there will be generally, you'll find that you'll, more find like higher ROI products by going to these stores and and actually putting the work in, but you're obviously exchanging a lot more time. So um, I've got plenty of videos on retail arbitrage. I've got vlogs of me going out. So feel free to check those out on the channel. Um, But this is a chat more about wholesale, but yes, absolutely viable that you can make money doing that.
1: And also as well, I might add Darren needs competition is where you're going to have less competition because you get store only uh, deals where they're just clearancing some lines that haven't been selling for them. So it might not be that other people are getting those same deals. So you might have exclusive uh, deals that are only you're getting held on. So yes, it's a it's a value proposition if you have hmm. the time to go around because sometimes you might have to drive out of your way and there's not much there. So you might have uh, times when you have to invest time and you don't get it back and other times where you you you. Got two minutes you dash in somewhere and you can find you know hundreds of pounds worth of stuff so that's the thing it, there's so many different techniques uh, you know uh, john uh, doing used books on amazon is fantastic the best profit you'll ever find is selling used books on amazon but there is a time um, investment in that you're not investing as much money, but you're investing a lot more of your own time to do that and find it and, and everything else like that. So everything is about what you want for your own lifestyle. And, uh, and you know, that it's all good. There's money to be made in all walks of, of these, they all work. But I would definitely try and try and get your head around at least one first and concentrate on one for a while, get good at it, learn it, and then add another stream rather than trying to do it all at once, because then you, you you know, you're not making As much of an impact
0: absolutely yeah um like for me my my first ever item that i sold on amazon was a used book which i picked up for 50p from a car boot sale and i i didn't have a clue about amazon at the time i just scanned scanned the product they said this book's selling for 45 pounds used on amazon i said you know what it's 50p I'm just going to go for it. And I listed it, uh, did it all merchant fulfilled. And two weeks later, it sold at 45 pounds. But that's just a lucky, that's just a lucky find. But obviously you have to go out and and put the work in um, Mm -hmm. when you're doing used books. But obviously it's a much higher (laughs) ROI than any other business model. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah definitely yeah you 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 know fifty p or a pound is is quite an often sort of price you know for mm. some of the some of the more expensive charity shops you might pay two pound fifty three three pound fifty, but that investment quite often can get you eight, 10, 15 pounds returns. I mean, where else can you invest that level of money and get those sort of returns? It's crazy, but you do have to be out there. You do have to be scanning. You have to go through, sort through a lot of books to find those, you know, it's uh, it's just a way of efficiently going through the ones that are inappropriate to find the ones that are appropriate. And so that's a whole uh, thing in itself, but yeah, yeah. They, they all work, they're all good. It's just finding finding your own way of doing it.
0: Awesome. So I'm going to try and get back onto wholesale now, um, but I will take this one question from Philip because I missed the question from him above. But um, Philip actually asked, um, Andy, so on a slow business model, when does storage fees make it unprofitable?
1: Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. You've got to pay the attention to that. Obviously it makes life easier because I have a storage location and I can, so I buy and hold a lot of the time. I'll make a buying decision because either I've got to make up the numbers on a wholesale order or, um, it's good enough at the time. Maybe it's uh, or whatever else like that. So I'm quite happy to buy it, hold on to it. I've got the buying budget big enough to be able to, to make decisions in advance and sometimes I'll, I'll buy it and put some in and uh, and then see the how quickly they're selling in real life day to day and then i'll i'll replenish as and when i need to so i'll try and keep it lean on the amazon side uh, but obviously i've got the storage at uh, my own place which is uh, uh, which is a better bet because obviously i've got a lot of storage for a relatively cheap price compared to other uh, storage locations so i've got more than enough there i'll buy it in i'll hold it myself and then slowly drip feed to amazon to keep yeah. those uh, keep those storage fees lean because, yeah, you don't want to necessarily send it all up and have it sat there for a year because now with long-term storage fees, they will catch you out. Really got to be careful with long-term storage fees. And yes, if you've got higher turnover, you haven't got to worry about it. But if you've got slower stuff, you need to keep an eye on that and make sure you've got enough for whatever, um, two months at a time in the in the busy season. You want to go further ahead to make sure that you're, you, you don't run out of stock. But, you know, yeah. you, you don't ever want more than one or two months of stock in stock at any one time, because you don't want to have it sit in there.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, cool. Uh, really good answer there, Andy. Um, actually answered one of the questions for me. That was one of the ones that I had. Um, but just moving on to one of my questions. So obviously being in the game for a good 10 year. well, you've been in the game a lot longer than that, but being on Amazon for a good 10 years, you've probably heard of so much, so many different myths, and things surrounding selling wholesale on Amazon even Mm -hmm. in the few years that I've been in the game I've heard so many different things which I'm not sure whether to believe or not Mm -hmm. what are some of the most common myths that you get as a content creator and as Mm a as obviously a wholesaler on Amazon about selling wholesale on Amazon what are some of the myths that you always Um... hear
1: yeah, I think a lot of people think you need, you know, huge buying budgets to be able to get into wholesale. Um, that's one of the common things people think. Well, like I can't afford it; I haven't got enough of a buying budget. Whereas some some wholesalers don't forget um, wholesale. Wholesalers are built to um, to furnish the the retail trade, and that includes small independent shops in a in a local town. So that's little little shops will not be making massive orders. You know, they might only be making two hundred and fifty pound orders sometimes. So you'll find some wholesalers with hundred pound minimums, two hundred pound minimums, two hundred and fifty pound minimums it's not unusual to do that. Obviously there are wholesalers that that have much bigger minimums. I, I deal with wholesalers that have 5,000 pound minimums for every single order. And uh, you know, that's gonna, create its own complications. But um, you know, there are all sorts, all levels from from small all the way up. Now I would suggest having the biggest buying budget you can because it gives you options and you don't want to lose your cash flow. So I always say, if you've got 200 pounds, you, you should be in online arbitrage and retail arbitrage. But once you get into the thousands, once you keep uh, reinvesting and build up your buying budget, if you can get into the thousands uh, to have um, a few thousand pounds, then you can start making wholesale orders. There's no reason why not. And it's not exclusive. You can continue doing retail arbitrage, online arbitrage, and then start spending time finding wholesale suppliers see what you can find you you already you're already halfway there because you understand or you should understand the decision making process how to read the data so rather than uh, looking at a price and competition of an item on an online store, you're just looking at on a stock catalog. So it's exactly the same. You're just going through a stock catalog, looking for how much they want to charge you for it. And then looking for how much it's going for on Amazon and working out your uh, your profits and looking at the competition and making that uh, making that analysis. So it's the same as far as that concerned. And if you've been doing online arbitrage for a while or retail arbitrage then you should be comfortable doing that the the difference is obviously it's a slightly harder or slightly lengthier process sometimes to get hold of wholesale suppliers That's
0: so it would, would you say the probably the lowest you've ever heard of a wholesale order is about 200 pounds would you say or yeah, is it even, even a than...
1: 100 quid yeah definitely yeah. i've seen uh, even and some again some wholesale suppliers uh, if they are, some of them are almost specialized in smaller independent stores and things like that. And they'll say, you know, first order, you can do 50 pounds for your first order, and then it will be 150 thereafter there because they're, they're interested to help you uh, make an order and see what their products are like and things like that. So sure. it depends, you know, you get much bigger setups and they're not interested in those smaller orders and they're dealing with pallets only. And so, uh, they might say, um, uh, whatever you take, it has to be a minimum of a, a pallet or. Where it might have to be a minimum of 500 pounds. So each wholesaler has a different setup. Uh, and so it really will vary, but uh, yeah, it, it it's a common myth that people think they just can't afford it. So that's not the case. Uh, you need to be able to cash flow your business. So you, if you're, if you're buying a used books you could start with 200 pounds and that will cash flow you for a long time reinvesting that no problem at all if you're retail arbitrage then you'll probably struggle with that because if you're buying 12 pounds items you're going to run out of run out of money very quickly so it all depends on the 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 price of the things that you're buying but you need to really you need to be in the thousands to be in the game and once you are and the more the be- the more the better really if you've got more money to invest you can make more buying decisions buy more stock that will come out um, And you can... uh you can turn that over and, and reprocess your budget. Again, you know, talking about slow turn versus first fast turn. If you've got a small budget and you want to grow your, uh, uh, your budget, then maybe you want to be looking for a fast turnover. You know, these things are dynamic at, at one time. You want to grow your budget. You don't want to have stocks sat there for, for three, four, five, six months. Like I would be happy to, because you've got to get that money out and do and turn it over again. So, uh, so, you know, in the beginning with, with a smaller, uh, budget you might be looking for much faster turnovers and so you'd be you'd be wanting to find faster selling deals that maybe have less profit because i can get them in get them out get on to the next thing do it again and keep rinse and repeat and get that buying budget up before you you move on
0: nice um just going back to the myths um one of the myths that or one of the things that i hear a lot is that a lot of wholesalers don't want to deal with amazon sellers is there Mm -hmm. anything you can add on that
1: yeah, well, that's Yeah, I mean, I don't think that's uh, a, a myth. I think there are still a lot of wholesale sellers that are wary of Amazon sellers that are nervous of supplying them, some of them just won't, you'll you'll speak to a a, um, a wholesaler and say, we don't deal with eBay or Amazon sellers, I can't do anything about it, you know, but there mm. are plenty that will. So um, it's about communication. I mean, I've, I've spoken to wholesalers that say we don't deal with eBay and Amazon sellers, and have uh, eventually got uh, a supply agreement with them after communication and sort of speaking to them and and figuring out uh what we need to do together and having a human to human conversation but you have to get to that point first and you have to be able to get past their objections and and really have a, an on the level discussion uh and and be able to get that get get over that uh that feeling of um uh distrust or you know any any of those sort of feelings which a lot of people have it's probably at this stage it's probably good to give you a, a bit of a background of why this has happened so um wholesalers have been around for a long time a lot of them have been doing in this business for 20 30 years they used to the way they would work is they'd have sales reps, uh sales reps they would go around in cars with a boot full of uh, merchandise to show to the, uh, the shops and they visit them and they know them on a first name basis. They'd have their own patch and they'd sit and they'd come around and they'd show you what the next season's products are going to be. And they'll say, "These we're pushing these products next uh, next season. You know, uh, Mattel have invested in a lot, lot of money in promotion and adverts over across the summer for these lines they're going to go really well They've you know they're investing many millions into this it's going to be a no-brainer you need to have these on your shelves and that's how it works you know over cups of tea and knowing people and knowing what might be coming up in the industry
0: I'll actually just stop you there um, previously before um, uh, about five or six years ago I worked in a golf shop and that exact same thing happened. So we'd get the suppliers from the different golf brands come into the store, tell us about the clubs that they're bringing out, the technology, and and that exact process that you signed up. And obviously, that is a really old school approach. Yeah. And even back then, it was about five or six years ago. The whole online retail thing was just such mm. a bad word. You know, don't yeah. bring it up. You know. Exactly. And um, but yeah, I, I can definitely see where you come from about why they might not like amazon sellers
1: yeah so that was that was how they did business and that's what they have done it's tried and tested for many many years and out of nowhere these uh online sellers are coming and and the problem is you know you go and see uh uh, christos in his golf shop and say these are the products and this is the um um suggested retail price we're going to go for and that's that's where they would, that's the price they would go. Because when you go to the golf shop, that's the price. There's no, you can't see any uh, competitions. You look at the golf club and that's how much it is. You either decide that that's the one you want or you don't. And, and that that is it. But with online, you can look at all the different places and that's when the competition comes in and drives down the price and the problem is driving down the price and with Amazon and eBay uh, even more so on eBay we've got the same product listed over and over again and people are trying to uh, undercut each other to get that top position. What happens over time let's just say uh, a company like uh, Mattel have brought out a brand um, and it's um, it's cost them millions of pounds to develop produce research and then promote across you know, European and worldwide sectors okay they spend a lot of money doing this Uh, and then it goes into stores like Amazon and the RRP is $19.99 for example now the problem is with repeated competition uh, everyone undercutting each other slowly that price starts off at $19.99 and then someone comes in and and does it for $18.99 then $17 and then all of a sudden uh, the prices might be sitting at sort of like uh, I don't know $14.99 or even $12.99. The problem is if that's, that price remains there for too long, then the public's perception of that item, the price will be $12.99 or $14.99 because that's where the price they see every time. So whether they like it or not, it doesn't matter that the RRP is $19.99. That's the price point that they've set to be able to, to make it work for everyone. It's going at, it's going at a, a much lower rate. It's devalued that product so next time they bring out another product people have it in their head it's a 1299 product how are they going to sell it for 1999 so what you what the competition is doing is devaluing these items and it is a big deal for them for the bigger companies because they have a lot more to lose and they have a lot of money invested and if you're just a Uh, you know, someone that's bought three of the item, um, and and you're scared, and you want to get away as soon as possible, and you're happy to take 67p profit, as long as you're the cheapest, and you can sell it within three days, you don't realize you're part of a much bigger problem for a lot more people. Mm -hmm. And so there's distrust there. And there's a lot of people that don't want that to happen, you know, and so the pressure is coming from a long way back from maybe the bigger companies that are dealing with these wholesalers, and they're putting uh, agreements in place. It's like you've got to vet your uh, your people that are uh, buying from you, and we don't want online sellers. So if Mattel says we don't want online sellers for this reason, then they've got to be very careful. They don't. Uh, big in in online sellers, because if they find them and they come back to them, they could risk losing their supply agreement for some of the big guys. Mm. So, you know, there's a lot of pressure there and there is a good reason for it as well. So, um, you know, historically you'll see that it's almost like a blanket approach for a lot of people. We don't uh, supply to online sellers. But having said that, what has happened is Amazon happened and every Christmas hits sales records year after year after year and it's a multi-billion pound business and then so the suppliers have gone, oh, we should probably pay attention to this because the shops are dwindling and everyone's buying online and if we we don't sell to these people, they'll buy it from somewhere else and we're going to go out of business. So they'd reluctantly have to embrace online sellers still with some restrictions and precautions and various different and other things but they've begrudgingly done it and a lot of them are making loads more money more money than they ever have done begrudgingly and still not happy about it you know it's hilarious they're still yeah. sort of scratching their head looking a bit quizzical i speak to them at trade shows and then they're, they're like not really sure why their business is doing the best that ever has done and that you know the stock is flying off the shelves because Uh, You know, they're being able to get access to stuff that the online sellers know is selling really well. And it's just going out. And before, you know, selling toys might be something that you've built up experience over a number of years in the toy industry. And you understand what sells and and what doesn't sell. And and it's time served. Now people are coming in at 21 years old, understand how to read the data and making hundreds of thousands of pounds sat in their bedroom. It's a whole new. It's a whole new world, you know, Absolutely. and, and they're, they're, they're bewildered a lot of the time. So yeah. you have to understand from their point of view what's happening to be able to g- connect with the people and have a have a, a conversation that is beneficial for everyone. So you can get around that and you can understand that and then and then be able to move past it.
0: Awesome oh so much information now i've just made a note just to re-watch this video at least twice (laughs) um, just so i can digest it all as well so um it's, it's really good andy so uh yeah, really good answer there. I've um, uh, just got a question coming from Claire Duff who said, he's, um, have you got any advice on approaching wholesalers? And we're going to talk about that very, very shortly because um, mm-hmm. Andy's actually going to share a couple of ways that you can acquire wholesalers. I know that FBA Phil in the chat is desperate to find out some of these because he's really interested in getting into sure. wholesale as well. So I um, can't wait for you to share that. I'm just going to have a look through the questions because I know I've got quite a few come in Um i got a question from Sierra who said, I have heard people say that I, OA isn't a long-term business model. Do you agree? Do
1: you think wholesale is
0: more long-term? What are your thoughts on that?
1: Um, yeah, I don't necessarily agree with that. I mean, you could say, ah, I don't know. The thing is we're on the, we're on the cusp of like another um, sort of, industrial revolution you know back in history when that whole thing move point you know they'll look back at this time the sort of last five years as a massive digital revolution where it totally changed the landscape of what's happening so change is just the only constant in this day and age and you have to embrace that to a certain extent and you can't really you can look at it as a genre as in online sales if you like and say well that isn't going away at any time but the landscape can change within that and i think you have to embrace that to a certain extent and say we don't know how things are going to change. Um, In terms of Amazon, I think it's a pretty stable market. Uh, Now, third party sellers are intrinsically connected within Amazon, we make up more than 50% of sales on Amazon. Now, they would be cutting their own throat if they were to try and just cut out 3rd party sellers, we are permanently linked and a big part of their business. Amazon are trying to get out of holding stock and more being the facilitator and the structure around that marketplace that they that's what they're trying to be now because it suits them because it's win, 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 win from them mm. as, as far as their point of view. So I really don't think as FBA sellers or merchant fulfilled sellers, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. In fact, I think more opportunities will happen, uh, you know Amazon will make more money and uh, will do better by facilitating third-party sellers so I don't think it's going to be an issue now when you say is it a long-term business model at the moment we're making use out of opportunities now let me be clear if you go into a, sh- a store like I don't know whatever Tesco's or Sainsbury's if you buy something heavily discounted which is liquidated you will be able to buy that item cheaper than wholesale, that item is cheaper there, you can buy two or three items in Sainsbury's cheaper than I can get it with a wholesale relationship. That's because Sainsbury's have got such a massive buying uh, power that they can they can command massive, massive discounts, often directly from the manufacturers, people like Mattel and stuff like sometimes they have direct um, agreements with these people. And because if you imagine how many Sainsbury's stores there are over the country, how much they're selling at any given time they have firstly they have the best possible prices they can get and secondly Shelf space is very valuable. Okay. They need to be selling all the time. They can't afford to have items on that shelf. There is a value assigned to that shelf, and that needs to be selling. So, at any one time, if that slows down, they need to remove that item and put something else on there that will sell. That's why mm. at, at, at one time you'll have gardening products on the shelves in Sainsbury's, and within a week or so, they're gone, and there'll be Easter, or there'll be Christmas, or there'll be a load of booze because there's a public holiday coming up, and there'll be burgers because the sun's come up, and that needs to be be agile and dynamic. Now, they you know, if you see in the supermarkets, they're huge, but the warehouse behind them isn't huge. They have lorries coming in, uh, uh, the, the stock gets delivered, it goes out onto the store almost immediately. They don't have massive warehouse. They can't take it off the shelf and then store it for next summer or whatever, or next Christmas. They can't do that. It's cheaper. They can even uh, liquidate it for the price they paid or even a loss. And it's still better because they've made their margin across that stock line already. They've made a load of money. Now we get rid of it because if you the more you discount it, it's going to be gone tomorrow. It's going to be gone within three days. And that space will now be filled up with stuff that we can make maximum profit on. They need to be making maximum profit from that shelf space all the time. And it's cheaper and more efficient. Uh, It's storage space costs money. So storage is more expensive than it is to liquidate a product. So that's mm-hmm. why that's the way they do that. So they can take a loss on something, and you can pick up something that was b- being sold for twenty four ninety nine. You can pick it up for four or seven, um, and 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 make an ac- excellent uh, sale on it because they need to get rid of it and it will be gone tomorrow so they don't care and that's what that's what they do. They make a lot of money so they can afford to do that and they understand um, the efficiencies of moving stuff in and out efficiently. So that's why in terms of online and retail arbitrage when something's discounted 70%, you're getting way better than you'll get wholesale. You won't get those margins. So yeah. bear that in mind and think about that when you're going out there and you're buying it. At the moment, it's an amazing thing what, who knows what's going to happen in the future. Maybe more brands might take more control over the sale on, on the Amazon platform. We don't know. If that happens, then we'll pivot and we'll do something different and we'll, um, and we'll find another angle and we'll go there. Maybe we'll go more into wholesale and less on RA or OA and maybe we'll go into used books or maybe we'll go into another area. But online sales is the constant. That's not going to change. And let me tell you, there are still a lot of untapped uh, product lines that aren't on Amazon yet. Loads, yeah. loads and loads and loads. So Absolutely. just scratching the surface. And also there's even more, there's even sort of relationships that you can get speaking directly to brand owners and things like that. There's so many different strategies that you can go deeper and deeper and into. If we had three weeks, I would explain it to you, but there's a lot. So we have to try and <laughs> limit uh, what we need to talk about. But uh, yeah, there's a lot.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree with you. Um, I'll be honest with you. When I first started Amazon, that was one of my worries. I was like, right, how long and stable is this? But I, I honestly think one, like Andy said, don't even really know what's going to happen and like you say if there is a change where products or brands take more control there will always be a different way of going mm-hmm. about this that's why you're involved on in facebook groups you'll be able to tell if you're involved in facebook groups you're involved in youtube communities you'll be able to see the way that people are moving and you'll be able to adjust as well with the times you know mm-hmm. i i don't think this is going away anytime soon mm-hmm. um And like you said, with the third party sellers as well, Amazon are looking to empower third party sellers even more to allow them to sell on Amazon. Because like you said, as a business model, it -hmm. makes more sense for them to stock less products. Um, and I just like you say with the clearance items as well. Uh, a lot of people say to me, I need to start to getting into, into wholesale so I can get items cheaper. A lot of the times with RA, you, yep. you're taking advantage of clearance items. It's yep. more wholesale is is not for getting a higher margin on products. It's more about different things like being able to acquire more units of a product and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that but um yeah. in, in answer to your questions here like I, I think this is this is around for a long long time and like you say it, it will change it will constantly change you probably realized even i know that you haven't been selling on amazon for that long um, even in the two or three months that you've been selling on Amazon, you probably noticed some massive changes already. And and that is just part of owning a business, I believe. Um, and one of the first things I learned since I was selling on Amazon that it is constantly evolving. And if it didn't constantly evolve, it would be it wouldn't be as good as what it is.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think that's a good summation. To be honest with you, you have to be comfortable that things are going to change. Amazon's going to pull the rug at, rug out from below you. That's what they do. You know that Amazon aren't your friend. They are they're uh, a, a very successful company that you're working with hand in hand, and so mm-hmm. you've got to constantly reevaluate the situation and if they if they can make more money from you they will do and we've seen that um uh, year after year they will implement something which means they're taking more money from you then it'll implement something else which means they're taking more money from you but until they realize that they've gone too far and people then go, no, 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 this isn't working. I'm not making enough money. They start pulling stock out and they go, whoa, now it's impacting their profit. Then they reverse it. Then they say, no, that's not worked. We're gonna scrap that. We're gonna scrap the second long-term storage fee. It's not working for us. We're losing money. They'll change their mind because that's what business is. They will try and make more money if they can, but if that more more money then goes too far and the third-party sellers say, nope, Uh, i'm going to start taking stock out because um it's not working for me then they'll say okay we we've squeezed enough out of them we need to reverse that and that's what they do um Mm -hmm. and they they will make your life easier if it makes business sense to them. You know, they've been reducing prices here and there. They've uh, reduced, um, UPS has reduced prices. Again, that's because of other things going on. You know, a lot of people are surmising, Amazon are putting together their own logistics network. So they've got a a bit of a hammer to uh, hold over UPS and say, UPS can't start calling all the shots anymore because Amazon will say, we'll just do it ourselves. We'll make our own UPS, mate. You know, stop telling us what to do. (laughs) because, you know, they're the biggest... uh the biggest thing in the world and they can do whatever they like. And if they want Mm. to make a worldwide fulfillment uh, uh, distribution uh, shipping company, they will. So then UPS decide, okay, now they've gone too far with their business and they say, okay, now we need to bring that back to Mm. make sure they can still do business. That's what it's all about is everyone needs to try and maximize money until it doesn't work for them. And then they're (laughs) going to give you a bit back. So that's life. You you, you move with the times, you know, there was a time I was 100% on eBay. Now I hardly do anything on eBay, uh, eBay, still a great platform, there's still great opportunities. But again, for me, uh, until there is a, 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 a as in, an impressive uh, distribution and fulfillment setup like they have with Amazon, then it doesn't suit my lifestyle. But there's loads of opportunity, I could be making more money if I'm selling on uh, on eBay, but I choose not to be so, um, you know, my business has changed a lot and that's fine by me it's changed for the better you know in another five to seven years time we could all be selling on a totally different platform Amazon might be dead and we might be on a platform that we've never heard of yet um, uh, that might be uh, started by a Chinese uh, conglomerate and it might be even better than Amazon and we might make even more money I'll be there I don't care You know, I'll examine the situation and uh, I won't mourn the loss of Amazon. If I'm making more money, I'll look at it and I will move with the times. And, you know, it generally doesn't happen overnight. It doesn't disappear. It's an organic process. And if Mm. another marketplace opens up, I'm going to mess with it and, and I'm going to play with it. I'm going to see what the good and the bad thing is. I'm going to figure it out, and that's what I've always done: is finding my own path and and, and figuring stuff for myself, and, and, and moving forward like that with an open mind. That's all you can do. If you want um, security, you want job security, then I'd stick to the old J O B.
0: Awesome. Um, just just you touched on eBay just then. Um, Sean Gilbert did ask a, ask a question about uh, are you looking into eBay Hubo? Um, I have no idea what that is. Um, I'm yeah. guessing it's a potential fulfillment network coming to eBay or it might already be there. Is it
1: something yeah. you've looked at at all? Or- yeah. Actually, Sean gave me the heads up on this uh, on this company. Apparently, they've been around for a couple of years, but they are a fulfillment company for, uh, uh, they, they offer services for eBay, for Amazon, and various different uh, people. And yes, you can send your stuff to them. They'll store it and then ship it out on your okay. behalf. So it is an option. I've not had time to mess with it. It'd be, it certainly would be interesting because if it's effective, mm. uh, I've heard the word on the street of a few people, put some feelers out there, Sean, FYI, and a few people have come back to me and said they know people that are regularly using it and are happy with it so i don't know uh, it sounds like it's not a um you know it's not uh something that isn't working so it might be something to put on the you know uh, the q1 list of things to do and yeah. uh, start having a mess around and see see what it can find with it because that's ultimately what's stopping me using ebay is the fact that i need uh, to be able to uh, i'd have to press stop on it when i traveled and and that doesn't suit me uh, yeah. but uh, but yeah i mean uh, by all means uh, you should be having a look at ebay if it if it works because if you're going through the time and energy to assess a product and find that it's profitable you should always do be doing a check and balance on ebay because if it's it could be even selling better i mean generally mm. We think that things sell better on amazon not always some stuff might just sell better on ebay just just because so you should always be cross-referencing that stuff and john will probably tell you the same thing um that mostly he's going to be making his money on amazon but just and randomly, he'll, he'll there'll be stuff that sells better on on eBay. So I imagine uh, when he has the time, uh, he's probably checking some stuff on eBay and, and doing the same sort of thing. So yeah, you've got to be careful. You've got to um, got to examine all the opportunities and, and be mindful of that awesome
0: so we are just at the hour mark so i I think it's probably just um we should park a couple of the other questions that we've got in the chat a lot of them are all about acquiring wholesalers so um that's what we're going to move into now um because i know there's so many people that want to know this including myself so um i actually saw a chat of yours um about a year ago or maybe even It might not have been a year ago. It was earlier on this year, and I noticed that you were talking about different ways to um, acquire wholesalers. There was a couple ways in there that I thought were absolutely brilliant. Could Mm -hmm. you just spend some time just talking about um, how you... Uh, just some ways that you could acquire a wholesaler if you're an Amazon seller. Um, some ways that you may have done it in the past, um, and obviously, guys in the chat, if you want to know any questions here just relating to this, just fire them away, and I'll um, try and interrupt Andy when I can just to answer some of these questions. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, maybe just a couple of ways that that, that you can acquire a wholesaler, or that give you a better chance mm-hmm. of of getting wholesalers and as an Amazon seller. Okay.
1: Ready, <laughs> I'm messing with you. All right, don't tell anyone. All right, it's a big secret. No, um, the first thing you need to do, and uh, the most important thing that I think a lot of people do, uh, where they don't know where to start, they're going to get onto Google and they're going to type wholesalers or you know, uh, whatever, uh, and they're going to ca- yeah, okay. <laughs> most most people do that at some point. So going to look for the stuff. The trouble is with uh, Google and the internet. It's very good at showing you people that want you to find them. And the problem with wholesalers, if they're shouting and saying, look at me, come and uh, buy my stuff, then Wholesalers don't really do that because they're business to business. They rely on getting their contacts through the trade, um, through different methods, through trade shows uh, and through word of mouth. And you find them, if if you're in the know, you know type of situation. And those wholesalers, sometimes they're under agreements from manufacturers to not be disclosing their clients and things like that. And it can be quite a hush-hush sort of business, which sounds weird, but uh, they might have uh, non-disclosure agreements and things like that. So if you find a supplier, you won't find it unless you know the name of the supplier already. If you search for them, you'll find them, but they won't be hitting keywords saying, we're a wholesale supplier. So if you're using Google, Then the chances are you're going to be finding stuff that you're wasting your time with because they want you to find them and maybe they're going to try and charge you to be part of their wholesale um, network in which case then um, they'll just show you a load of stuff that there isn't any profit in already or even if they are a genuine wholesale supplier that comes up on google because everyone else has found them then they're they're absolutely flogged to death and the competition is uh, ditch the prices anyway. So, however they have come to be at the at the top of Google, they're not the ones that you want. The, it's fair to say the harder it is to find them, the better they are going to be because the competition is less and less. You've probably found it. Argos and Sainsbury's and Tesco's are probably the hardest to to uh, uh, to buy from in terms of competition because everyone, uh, even if you're only buying a couple of products a year to resell on Amazon, they're the ones they're going to be looking on. So. That's basically the case with wholesale. Is uh, you know the, the the more time you put in unpaid labor, so to speak. And the further down the rabbit hole you get, and the more time you spend speaking to people and, and building relationships, the more worthwhile that's going to be. But that's going to be tough for people because I've spent months, if not years, building relationships with people without before asking for a wholesale account, which sounds ridiculous because you can't do that and run a business. You can't sit there earning no money and just talking to people and, and sort of like trying to build a relationship and finding a uh, a win-win situation. Um, you have to make money. So it's Something you develop as you go along and now my business is more about relationships than it is about anything else because it's about being the person that they call when they get some stock they've got a small amount of stock they know it's going to be really profitable it's going to it's going to get sold to someone but if you're the guy they ring up and say hey i've just got three pallets of this stuff uh, I think it's an I think it's going to be good on Amazon. Do you want do you want it? And it's like, yeah, sure. Send me the send me the, the barcodes. Yeah, have a look barcode. It's going to be great. You say, yeah, okay, great. Thanks. You need to be that guy that he calls. Um, because he's only got three pallets. You that will then dominate uh that product for that given time that you that you have it for. So relationships are absolutely important. And so for many reasons, going deeper and deeper into that in terms of negotiation, in terms of uh, various different uh, reasons that would take too long to go into. But relationships are massively important and, and also getting the account in the first place. So sometimes it will be a case of spending time that you're not making money, you know, mm. uh, and you will have to invest a period of your time of your time to say, this is time I'm going to cordon off for, uh, finding wholesale suppliers okay so uh, to give you an example um i've been saying this literally for 10 years you can go back to my first uh one of the first videos uh, that i did called where to find wholesale suppliers and i've been saying this and it's unbelievable how many people are still asking me someone put in my in my wholesale help facebook group someone put uh, yeah, trade trade shows seem to be a really good place to find wholesale supplies. I'm like, I've been saying it for 10 years. <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> what have you been listening to? You know, I'm making myself bored saying it, but it, it, there's a reason. That's where businesses go to do business is trade shows. All right. So go to trade shows. And there's literally there's people like, oh, yeah, this seems like some people that you can do business with. Yeah, there is. There's lots. That's, <laughs> it's like the speed dating of the business world. They all want to go there. There's wholesalers that are looking for new clients. There's clients that are looking for new wholesalers. You talk to each other. You see if you can do business. You exchange business cards, catalogs, prices. You get accounts opened up there and then it's amazing. But um, you have to get out from behind your computer and go to trade shows and start speaking to people. It can be mostly free dude. as
0: well, aren't
1: they? Yeah, they are. They're, they're almost always free. Uh, it's an opportunity to speak to people face-to-face, but that is where you get deals done and you, get over, you can overcome objections and you can uh, speak to people face-to-face like a human being. If you've got to do it, the email route is going to be harder because it's easy just to put a stock response. It might even end up with someone that's a, an admin secretary and they just say blah, 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 stock response hard to mm. get over. But if you end up speaking to someone who might be the senior sales manager, or something like that, and you have a conversation, and you are just shooting the breeze with someone, and then you know, they come up with their objections like oh, we don't we don't usually deal with Amazon sales. So okay, all right, that's fair enough. What what's the reasoning behind that? Why you, why you not oh, it's because, you know, they're, they're taking down that the prices. It's been very difficult for us. We've had a lot of people that just plummet the prices for no reason, not even competition. Sometimes, um, I don't, I don't know the reason, but it's been very difficult. Yeah, I get that. Yeah. I can understand that there are people that do that. Usually it's people with inexperience and stuff like that. You know, I've been, I've been in this game for, for 10 years that, so, you know, I've got a lot of experience with, with this sort of thing. I've seen it happening all the time. Um, you know what, uh, if, if maybe if we put a deal together and maybe you supplied me exclusively, then there wouldn't be the issue with the competition, would there? Um, there would be no price tanking because if if I was the only Amazon seller, then it would be pretty safe that those products would be protected and and, and that wouldn't be a problem. Yeah, that makes sense, Andy, actually. Yeah, we could maybe talk a bit, a bit more about. That. OK, yeah, that's cool. Um, you know. Let's have a chat. Let's meet up sometime and talk more about it. I can explain to you what I do. And uh, if you want to talk about minimum orders, that's fine. I'm happy to go uh, that. I'm, you know, I can, quite happy to take a few pallets off you maybe we can do 3 months or 6 months see how it goes and then you're having a conversation and then you're you've broken down the barriers and and provided a solution for somebody and then you've turned a i don't deal with amazon sellers into i've now secured an exclusive agreement with a supplier not only have i got over the objection i've now protected myself from competition and i'm off to the races um you know laughing all the way to the bank so you can turn with good communication skills and a bit of empathy um, and a bit of practice you can turn a bad situation into an unbelievably profitable situation but that is what practice and relationship build is and don't be impatient to you know get there and say I'm an Amazon seller can I have an account because you'll probably I'll probably go I oh, know see ya mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, sometimes it takes a bit more. Sometimes that conversation that I've just shared with you, that that might happen over six months. The, the first part of that conversation might be, uh how's it been going today it's been all right yeah it's been all right but this is my third day and my feet are killing me yeah do you want me to get your cup of tea I'll, there's a tea place over there let me just go and grab you a cup of tea and we'll have a chat yeah okay cool thanks very much that's that's nice of you to do that you didn't have to no it's cool you've probably been here for three hours I've, i already walked past an hour ago and you were still standing in the same boat oh, okay cool and then you know that might be how that goes and mm. then you end up talking about the football for half an hour uh and you know and whatever else like that and then you just talk generally uh, and then may be talking about the stock lines they're bringing in you know and you're not even talking about getting opening an account and maybe because we tend to go to the you know that same company might be at five different trade shows around the country in the year maybe i'll see that same guy and i'll pick up with him at the next trade show and, and it'll be a familiar face then and there'll be just another guy going around oh there's andy yeah i remember that it's just bloody football's been ridiculous isn't it <laughs> uh yeah i know so tell me about it you know Uh, me and Christos aren't going to be talking about football this evening Uh, (laughs) being the fact that I'm living in Suffolk and he's living in uh, in Norfolk it's not a good it's not a good it's not a good topic for conversation (laughs)
0: That's why I giggled a little bit. <laughs> but uh, just just to interrupt there. Uh, Sean Gilbert said, "I'm definitely going to trade shows next year." Now the capital is bigger, and I've just actually made a note to um, set that as one of my goals to attend X amount of trade mm-hmm. shows because it's going to be something that I'm going to be looking into. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's a what what a knowledge bomb that is. Um, and like you said, you've been saying it for ten years. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and it's, it's just it's just simple, yeah. basic, simple networking, and just yeah. But people just, want
1: the easy solution. This is why. Sorry to interrupt, Chris. Off. This is yeah. why things like drop shipping happened five years ago it was huge because. People like the idea that it was simple, it was easy. It's like, oh, I could sit here and make loads and loads of money. They they don't want to know that actually you might have to get out and do a bit of work, and you might have to take the day off, or you might have to drive to Birmingham and uh, and spend twenty quid on fuel or something like that. You know, people don't want to hear that. It's like that's that sounds like hard work. So it's not hard work, but it is work, and it depends what you want. You know, if you want the easy solution, then maybe. Uh, you're not going to make as much money. But if you want to build a long-term business that will come and serve you year after year after year after year, like the, like the uh, car dealership salesman who builds a business over 20 years and has repeat customers because he's a good guy and he looks after you and he has good communication skills and people keep coming back. So after 10 years, he's got an amazing catalog of people that are buying from him because he's a good guy and they keep coming back. Or like the estate agent that has a patch that works it um, meticulously. At the beginning, he's not making much money and he's working a lot for not very much. There's no money, but he's, putting, he's planting the seeds. He's putting everything in place that after a while people keep coming back and they know his name and they're not going to buy a house but maybe in three years when they do buy a house they're going to come to see him because they remember he is the guy that he's spoken to time after time after time that's what you have to do sometimes if you want to really push from getting a couple of accounts and making a few sales to dominating and doing particularly well because you're getting deals that no one else has and I've built this over time by simply traveling the path untrod basically by making this up as I go along, speaking to people, figuring it out and, um, and making deals on the fly and not, and not basically, um, you know, following the, the common uh, terminology and, and and this is why I've developed strategies that I think work is because if everyone's going that way I'm over I'm over oh god this it's reversed because of this webcam We're, whatever way that is I'm over on that <laughs> way anyway <laughs> I shouldn't be looking at myself because I'm going to get very confused um, but anyway I'm usually going in the other direction I did that on eBay uh, when uh, if anyone can remember back before we had iPhones when they first got launched um, uh, the, the Chinese very cleverly started selling iPhone cases with one of the first items that came out for it. And they were making, churning these things out in the million and selling them for 99p on uh, eBay with no packaging, no nothing. And they were just selling, s- lobbing them in a jiffy bag and selling it for 99p. Mm. And I thought, well, it's a massive burgeoning market that isn't branded that um there is an opportunity here and i thought actually if you've just spent 600 odd pounds or whatever it is on an iphone i would feel more comfortable protecting it with something that cost me 12.99 rather than 99p yeah so i actually uh got hold of some iphone cases and i'm uh had a a guy in china that, that made up some nice boxes for me that look really good and he packaged them nicely and and put them uh, into a much better packaging and i was able to sell them at 12.99 and the little leather wallets that opened up like that i sold them for 14.99 when everyone else was selling at 99p so i went in the other direction and i made a very good business out of selling uh items for 10 times more money and people felt more comfortable having something that they feel, you know, I feel like I'm getting something. The perceived value is so much better because someone's taken the time to brand it, to make it better than to just, um, you know, pile it high and sell it cheap. And the, and the Chinese philosophy has always been turnover and cheapness. But mm-hmm. if you add a little nuance to there, you add a little bit of, uh, uh, of uh, sophistication, maybe then you can actually make it much better uh, as a result. So that's what I've done in all my businesses, tried to think, actually, how can I improve that? How can I get around that? How can I make that better? And figuring it out as you go, but then obviously testing your results and saying, that works well, I'm going to do that again. But yeah, sometimes it's about making a phone call rather than sending an email. It's chatting to someone because sometimes chatting to someone means they're just talking to you and say, oh yeah. Um I forgot actually. There's we've got something coming in on Thursday. I forgot all about that. Um do you want to get a heads up? Because I think it's um, you know, a, a pallet full of buckaroo games. Oh yeah, we've only got one one pallet They say well, well now is was do they? Yes. Do you want to yes? <laughs> what can, what price can you get? Oh it's liquidated. We're going to get it for uh, 499 How much are they sending for on Amazon? Okay, still sending for $19.99 and they've got a a bestseller rank of three or something like that. And it's like, that's what happens through shooting the shizzle with someone uh, just through having pick up the phone that you would not have heard about that. And you wouldn't have ended up having that conversation because you haven't connected with that person and been on a comfortable human level where you can do that. But that takes time and that takes effort. And I think people aren't necessarily prepared to do that all the time. So, I. just to give you a bit more of a come back around, travel the path on trod, try and uh, find what works for you and um, go to where they are, go where people are doing business. Trade shows is a big one trade um, uh, communities make trade magazines as well okay so like the cosmetics and beauty industry will have a trade magazine and the pet industry will have a trade magazine guess what they put in trade magazines details of trade shows all right so if you subscribe they're usually free as well google pet pet industry trade magazine right go there google that don't google Distributed uh, wholesalers. Google the industry magazine. Get on the list. Get that sent to you, and look through there because the the industry is talking to each other in there, and there may be even a small uh, trade show that is just a much smaller one that's in your local area. But there'll be really, really good suppliers at that trade show. And uh, you'll find all sorts of stuff if you delve a little bit deeper and spend a bit more time and be a bit smarter and then go there and just only go there. So I'm only going to go there and talk to people. So, what I'm going to do, I'm going to talk to everyone and find out and be in- inquisitive and listen and mm. show a bit of empathy and just find stuff out. And you will create an amazing business by doing that if you if you do that and take the time and don't look for the quick and easy thing build your business and say this much time each week i'm going to develop my wholesale business and i'm going to figure stuff out i'm going to go to trade shows i'm going to look up where that is i'm going to uh, get these industry magazines and find out about that and i'm going to I'm going to start asking for people for, for trade accounts and some people are going to say no. And then I'm maybe even going to try and figure out why they said no, or even ask them why they said no, then I'm going to do it better next time. And you know, when someone says, no, you can't, nothing happens. You know, you haven't got three lives. You can get, people can say no as much as they like. So you can mm. practice, get used to Once someone said no, it's like when you're 14 and you ask a girl, uh, out on a date or something, and then they say, no, it's like, oh, that's like liberating i've got that out of the way now so i could just die straight in i feel much better because no one died nothing bad happened and then so you can just get better at doing that and find out why they said no. i think, that's, I
0: think that is where a lot of people fall um uh, is having the confidence to actually talk to people and and like you say it is a skill um yeah. it's definitely a skill um And, um, for me, like even just going to like, just doing YouTube, like I was dreading doing YouTube. Now Mm -hmm. I don't have any fears about YouTube at all, but, and that just the same as actually going out to these things, people might be a little bit intimidated by seeing all these big companies and these big businesses, but, once you start doing it and you like you say you ask that first question you get that Mm -hmm. feedback and the more you do it the more confident you're going to be the more chance you're going to have at getting these wholesale accounts it's just practice
1: yeah and i get it a lot of people aren't Uh, I'm not an extroverted person it's it's a muscle memory that I've learned and you know Mm -hmm. I've got up in front of you know hundreds of people and talked about this sort of stuff and it's not comfortable always and it's Mm -hmm. nerve-wracking and you put yourself out there when you put yourself on uh, on YouTube and you put yourself up there for criticism and everything else like that but you get used to it it's it's something that you get used to so if you go to a trade show then you're if you're not used to that it's something new then the protection mechanism in your brain the primeval protection mechanism Mechanism say, oh, it's new. That's not good. What happens if if I go there and they find out I'm an Amazon seller? It, and nothing happens. Actually, is <laughs> a is a tip. Nothing happens. Then you continue mm. to be yourself and you still survive. So then you can do it again. And like the worst possible scenario is it doesn't go well. And they say, do you sell on Amazon? And you say yes. And they say, sorry, we don't deal with Amazon sellers. That's the worst case scenario. Get that out of the way. it's like, okay, well, it's cool. Anything else? is better than that so Mm -hmm. you've just got to talk yourself into it and say okay it's not going to be a big deal some people might say no but some people might say yes and you only need a few people to say no even if you had eight out of ten people say no you're still going to be going forward because you're going to get a few yeses and that's fine um you you get used to it you say start these these things are huge trade shows are massive you can't see everyone in a day so practice just speak to some people get used to get that comfortable sort of talking to people. They do it all day long. They, you won't be able to say anything that they haven't heard a hundred times before. So you yeah. can't say anything stupid. And you can be honest with them and say, I'm a bit new to this. You know, What does uh, MOQ mean? Or uh, what do you mean when you say that? You know, What is case packed and, and things? And they'll yeah. tell you and then you'll learn and then you'll know for next time and you can write notes as you go along and you'll get better and that's fine because everyone's got to learn and you've got to do it. And so if you learn, and get better then eventually you'll 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 do much better and you'll get more wholesale accounts and you'll make more money and you'll get to where you're going it's just a journey and you've just got to start and and, and crack on with it and and you'll get there really it's just about just working through it
0: awesome so um yeah like you said um Sierra just had a question there but it might be obvious um definitely not obvious um but how do you find uh trade shows is it okay to google them but like you said you said about the uh, magazines and stuff like mm-hmm. that is there any other quick ways to where you could find um, yep. trade shows
1: i mean it's good if you think about it in genres like the health and beauty industry the pet industry um and and other industries like that if you google pet industry trade show uh you we might find a few on google like that or um uh you know beauty industry trade show uh, there are more generic retail trade shows like the autumn fair and the spring fair which I attend uh most years um, uh, they happen in, uh, September and February off the top of my head. Uh, so if you, if you Google the spring fair, then, uh, that will come up and that is free. That's at the Birmingham NEC, some of the, um, uh, most popular places are the Birmingham NEC and then London XL because they're big exhibition centers, mm-hmm. obviously Birmingham's more or less in the center of the into uh, the country, massive, great parking. It's free. It's right on the net, uh, on, on the, on the, all the motorway network. It's only ever a couple of hours from most people unless you you live in Cornwall or Bristol or something like that or not Scotland. So it's easy to get to a couple of hours of your time, get up there, spend a day looking around, speak to people. Uh, You'll come away with an education and it will be for free. Just a day of your time. Some people will stay overnight at one of the hotels and attack it over two days. You could do that as well. But just, I will actually just
0: point out that I think um, Sierra is uh, is American, so it might be a little bit further uh, for her. But I th- I'm guessing the same things just apply in America, doesn't it? Yeah, you know, you just absolutely. look for the ones in your state um, some, and stuff like that.
1: Exactly. There'll be some big uh, exhibitions in um, uh, all around the country. Anaheim has a big exhibition center, I think, off the top of my head. They've got huge um, exhibitions going on in LA and Florida and New York. So yeah, they're, they're all around the country. Uh, Google is your friend in that case. Uh, but yeah, find where the businesses communicate, find where they do business, and then uh, Put yourself in their shoes and, and do business on their terms. And if they require you to be something, then be that thing that they require. I mean, that's what it comes down to, really. Learn learn the ropes, learn their terminology, learn what they want from you and do that and be that. And that can be a bit trial and error if you're starting. Might be a big um, sort of uh, uphill uh, battle, but it's worth the investment of time. It, it really is. If you're doing retail and online arbitrage at the same time and you're doing this on the side, it's perfect because you can still make money, still build your business whilst doing that. That's the best. I never suggest anyone start with wholesale first because you could be, you know, not making money for quite a while whilst you're finding decent, real quality suppliers and, and mm. the, the ones that are deeper that take a long time to get to that are you know not the, the easiest ones to find they're the ones that you want because there'll be less competition less sort of people that are on tilt that are a little bit scared because they've had their stock for two weeks and it hasn't sold and so you won't get the um uh, the sort of price tanking that you might find in the retail and online arbitrage because it's not led by fear and greed these people will be big businesses and you'll be uh, dealing up against people that have massive uh, buying budgets that are dealing with stock on the trailer load and they will have minimums. So they will compete with you and they will try and, um, Uh, undercut you I'm sure but they will go down to a certain point uh, where they won't go down any further because they still need to make money they're in it for profit Uh, so they won't it won't be people that just want to get their money out because they're scared you know you don't get that in 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 the wholesale uh, space so much or very little at all so um, it's an easier bit it's it's easier and less volatile shall we say Mm -hmm. cool Um, so
0: So we've spoken about um, in terms of different ways to acquire wholesale accounts. So we've spoken about obviously not just going the usual route by mm. just Googling and taking the top one. I think it's like NDA toys is like number one or something like that. <laughs> yeah. um, anyway, um, doing it that way um, is, is not the best way. And then obviously going to trade shows, which is probably your number one um, mm. piece of advice. Um, what is there? Is there any more, is there anything you can do? Cause I've, I've definitely heard about people creating websites Um, for their business um, Mm -hmm. to make them look more as a like an established business maybe Mm -hmm. a personalized um, email address uh, instead of a standard hotmail or Mm -hmm. gmail address Um, do you recommend something like that
1: yeah Um, one of the things that I suggest is to uh be as professional as you can because it is business to business these companies are used to dealing with businesses and the more you look like someone who's operating out their spare room the the the, the harder it is going to be to get these accounts so the more professional you can be the better it's going to be basically so so yes um having a uh, having a brand Having a build business brand is useful, having your business name on a website. Now, a lot of people think, well, what's the point in a simple website with just some details on it? Well, here's the thing. A lot of businesses expect these websites because they may have like a a static page, like a lot of massive uh, multi-million pound wholesalers just have a really basic website introducing the name of their company, what they do you know uh, worldwide distribution that the registered business address a contact detail and that's all they have because every other uh, they're not looking for business on the internet that's just uh, like a placeholder so someone wants to look up they've got been given a business card or they spoke to someone and that that's where they can like a a gateway to find out more. So you can create a a brand for your business with a very basic website where um, you can have your details on there, a little bit about you, something nice and corporate looking to explain uh, your business, maybe some contact details, how you can get hold of them and and, an address or something like that. Look very professional and get some business cards up with the same name that has the same website and everything. And so that's what people expect. So if you um, give them what they expect, then Uh, also what it does is help them if they look up your business name they find that rather than finding your Amazon store Mm. that helps as well because you don't want the first thing that they find if they want to check you out is to find your Amazon store because if they are a bit nervous of Amazon sellers that's not going to help things. So So for
0: for, for SEO purposes and stuff like that would you suggest actually calling your business a completely separate name to your Amazon store then so if they did Google that that wouldn't come up?
1: Yeah, I would suggest having a different store name to the the your overall business name. Correct. Cool. Yeah.
0: Awesome. Um. And just one more thing. Um. I've heard people talk about um creating business cards for this to hand out at trade shows. Is mm-hmm. there a certain title? I know it sounds silly. Is there a certain title that you should give yourself? I've heard people say, oh, you should put that you're the head buyer because it's not mm-hmm. telling a lie. You are technically the head buyer. Or do you yeah. just go with owner, founder or, yeah. or anything or does it matter?
1: No, I think I think it does help because what it all does, it, it adds to, it builds up a picture of, um, uh, of a professional uh, of a professional setup, and so I think it does. It's useful uh, if if you're a one man band and and you're creating a business for yourself, it, it's quite a lot of people will give yourself the top job, like owner or CEO or something like that, and sometimes it can feel a little bit a little bit sort of um basic if if you do that Mm. but if you are if you do have a um uh like a buying manager or or something like that senior buyer then that immediately creates a business around you it does you're not you're not saying that we have 18 staff in our buying department but if you are the senior buyer then that would suggest uh, by implication that there is a junior buyer or whatever else like that and it just adds to something it's what they expect it's what they like to see and so I think it does I think it does help um, make give you a professional look to your business anything any edge when you start off that can help you seem more professional and to 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 look more professional is going to help you so I don't think that's a bad thing to have buyer on there if you if you're sending emails out then again they're going to be used to dealing with the buying department so uh, if your title underneath you've got a nice uh, business. Uh, signature with uh, you know senior buyer or um or something like that purchasing manager whatever um I don't think that will hurt I think it's a useful little tactic that ha- absolutely helps and um, provide the right image that you're trying to go for so yeah that was one that uh, that I put out there a few years ago that has now done the rounds by a few different people but um yeah that's I definitely think that's a, a useful a useful thing to go for for sure
0: that's awesome um brilliant so there's three free ways i'm sure you've got plenty of other different ways um mm-hmm. i know you've got the course that obviously goes into that we can talk about that in a second um but um yeah well for me like i've just made some notes on my on my phone just there i've i've made notes of the spring autumn fair I've made notes to set myself to go to x amount of trade shows next year um and then obviously um good thing for me is that i'm I come from a web development background and domain names and stuff and I know that FBA Phil does as well so Mm -hmm. if anyone needs any help and getting domains set up it is very very simple just to get a domain and just get a very very basic website Mm -hmm. and if you need the help with that feel free to reach out to me and I can point you to the right direction to do that um but ever so simple um Mm -hmm. don't be overwhelmed by um doing anything like that it takes you Uh, not even an hour or two if you wanted something basic that real Um, quickly these days yeah yeah um so i know we've been on live for about an hour and a half and he's just been dropping bombs left right and center (laughs) basically um but um uh i've got a couple of questions just back in the chat here um that i want to just try and quickly get through um and then we'll start to close the the uh the show out um because i didn't want to miss some people um so phil um fba phil has um, asked a question how do you make your buying decisions aside from your experience for wholesale purchases do you use software such as jungle scout slash Helium 10 or anything else
1: uh yep good question phil it's just really uh keeper data to be honest with you um keeper i think is the the staple uh you shouldn't know that inside and out so I always have set out uh, three key elements and I have done so for a very long time and that is very simply uh, price, uh, a competition Uh, demand, I've got it wrong way around. God, demand, competition, and price. They're the, they're the three key elements that you should be looking to make your buying decision. You have to have a tick in every single one. If, if you don't have every single one, you can't make it work. So, uh, obviously you need the demand and we know that in terms of best seller rank, we can use the keeper data to physically see the sales on the, on the keeper data so we can examine the demand and whatever your threshold is whether it's a bit slower in my case or you have a have a minimum amount to be able to turn over your stock and get it back out again but you need to satisfy yourself there's enough demand competition's a massive one for me i'd much rather go for an item with less competition and slightly slower sales than an item with massive fast sales but like every man and his dog selling on it i'd much rather go for the slower competition uh, one because um competition less competition slow sales because you can just that would just keep churning over so you can buy that and then add, and then keep adding and adding and adding and then that c- produces a much better effect than uh, than having to constantly deal with um with the like the war that's going on with the competition so um competition's a massive one if i see if i see something with very little competition i'm all over it um i'm trying to find an excuse why i can't uh uh, why i should buy it really because i love stuff with with slow competition Mm. even i've got stuff that i bought a large large percentage of i bought loads of it because i needed to buy the whole lot to make it work price wise to get the right price and i've still got stuff in uh in the warehouse that god i don't know i bought two and a half years ago i'm still selling it it's still rolling and i've probably got a pallet worth of it and it cost me 52 pence per item and i'm selling it for 9.99 and uh, it's just chocking along it's not wow. it's not selling very quickly but i can forget about it i just i just send a few in every now and again it cost me nothing and they're just going to go all day long and i'm happy with that you know they absolutely they're, they're never going to go mad, but they get a bit quicker at Christmas and then they slow back down again and it's happy days. And and that's going to pay me back you know, a lot of money over the, the duration of that stock. And so that's what the sort of thing that I'm looking for. But yeah, buying Decisions Keeper, uh, get really good at understanding how that works and make be better at it because you can make more money on Amazon by being better at understanding the keeper data. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people learn from YouTube through uh, repeated information. And then so then people like to snip it and compent up, uh, compent, mar- comp- that word that I can't get out this evening. I know the word, and I'm not
0: even going to try it
1: myself. Compartmentalise. There we it. go. Cut it out. Literally, <laughs> Jesus, Andy. Uh, so yes, uh, people like to really put put things in a in a, in a box, and sometimes it's more organic and, and more dynamic than that. And so get good at it. Spend time getting really understand it, because you can you your competition could be doing one thing, and you know I'm I'm the guy on page three sitting there very quietly while you're scrapping over uh, uh, 199, and when you're all gone and moved on to the other stuff i'm making 6.99 and and i'm dominating that listing for the next 18 months and that's me and that's my business model and i'll be patient and i'll make more i'll make four times more money than everyone else through examining the market and deciding how long is it gonna be before I get that uh, control? And is it worth me waiting and th- making those decisions? And so, um, yeah, you can go into a lot of detail and you can make very strategic decisions, almost like um, making uh, sort of financial market uh, bets. Uh, you can see what's going on and you're placing your bet on what might happen. And the bet is in that, uh, in that period of time, I'm gonna make 10 times more money by waiting than I will uh, by tying up that money if I turned it over uh, yeah. however many times in that time so you know it's not the be all and end all uh, buying and waiting has a you have to have a good size buying budget to be able to do it and to be able yeah. to tie up that stock sometimes and sometimes it doesn't work if, if you're making enough buying decisions sometimes uh, the sales can drop off and you haven't got rid of all your stock and it's not always going to be perfect but as long as you do as long as you make it work more times than not then uh it works it works for me and uh, and that's a worthwhile thing to do but like i said you know it's cool if you want to be the person that goes for the the faster turnover and the high competition but for me that's what I look to do, and I look to use my experience to to make more money on on understanding the the data and placing, um, making the time to place my stock in at the right time to get the most out uh, most out yeah. of that particular stock. But um, but yeah, just get really good at making the buying decision and examining the market. And and even when I was doing more online arbitrage and retail arbitrage, I'd be buying stuff and forgetting about it, and it will sit and wait for four months, five months and even six months and everyone's gone and then i'll put it in and i'll make full yeah. full retail price while I, and everyone's long down the road and i was yeah. i was the one selling yeah and, it, and you have to wait a long time sometimes but the demand doesn't usually drop off that much uh, over that period of time so you can still make full retail on it and then, it, and then it's worthwhile and if you think about it if you did that over six months and kept buying and kept buying kept buying after your initial dry spell you've always got something coming to the fore and you've always got something coming through so you're not waiting anymore you may be waiting for that product but you've already been waiting six months for the other product and so you've got constant stuff coming online so once you initiate that strategy and get through that initial period if you've been if you continued continue buying through that period then you've always got something selling so something to think about
0: so um Quick one for me on that. So if you're doing the whole um, waiting for people to sell, which I really, really like, it's definitely mm-hmm. given me a whole new light on thing. Do you use a repricer or is it or is <laughs> it something you manually do? Or Because um, obviously yeah. with repricers, you can obviously set those settings. You can have your minimums and your maximums mm-hmm. um, and then your different rules um, around that. Is it, do you use a repricer or do you have a task where you go in and, and manually do it then?
1: Well, this is something that I've just, going to be doing a series on for my uh youtube channel actually so i've been talking and thinking about this a lot recently and the answer is up until recently no i haven't used a repricer because my repricing decisions are very much based on what the market's doing and the Mm -hmm. repricer can't make the decisions i'm making so a lot of time i've been doing it manually most of the time i've been doing it manually but again uh you know you say well Over the time, I think I've pretty much figured out all there is to figure out, but there's always something more to learn. You've got to be open minded. And I must admit, I thought to myself, I can't say that my way is better than the other way until I've had the opportunity to try it out. And so to a certain extent for the the reseller community, I thought I'll give the repricer a go so at least Mm -hmm. I can play with it and see how that may turn out so what i actually did is uh i've taken a few repricer subscriptions and tested it and this that and the other and i must admit on some lines i can segregate the things that i need to be more careful with and i need to make my own decisions but other stuff that i'm confident with i can then set up with the reprice and the repriser has helped me And I can definitely say that I can make more money by using the repricer. But ultimately, I've always thought the repricer is always, even if you sell it to match, it's always going to be trying to bring the price down to keep you in the buy box, which is true. So you are going to sacrifice some profit, but sometimes, depending on what the item is, sacrificing a bit of profit for turnover is sometimes better. So um, I have been using them. I've been playing with them. And yes, uh, I, I definitely think a repricer is a good idea for for most situations. Mm. For the for the ones where you're trying to um, uh, trying to predict what's going to happen, there's no way that uh, that uh, repricer algorithms will be able to make the decisions that you're making. But that's fine because you can turn them off for those things and just mm. let, uh, and and then so the so the sort of the a lot of stuff that you won't really have the time to keep going back and check let the reprise deal with that within the within the range that you set it and give it a, a a smaller range and then that will keep you more or less in the buy box uh for those ones and the ones you're keeping an eye on and the ones that you're deciding what you're going to do with then you can do them manually and take the pressure or some of the other stuff so yeah i think i've always said i don't use one but I think they're a good idea. That's what I've always said. But Mm. now I'm saying I use one a bit and I definitely think it's a good idea.
0: Yeah. So for me um, as well, I've just uh, recently uh, signed up to the Profit Protector Pro um, Mm. beta program and uh, I'll have to say it has completely shed a whole new light on selling on Amazon for me because um, I, c- I can't believe that I'd say this. And I think Reezy said it once in a video I picked up on. It. He said, the day you turn your repricer on, it might even been someone like JC actually said, the day you turn your repricer on, will be the highest sales day <laughs> you ever have. And yeah. the exact same thing happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them were products that I was actually just setting to clear out
1: mm-hmm. because
0: they were getting towards that year mark um, and the long term storage fees were looming over me. But they are really good. Someone like me, my business model at the moment is really focused on just building up capital, turning products over constantly, um, thinking about turnover. But after having this chat tonight, you've definitely shed a whole new light on some ways to look at um, doing wholesale and actually storing products, drip feeding them into Amazon. But certainly for someone that's looking for high turnover, you know they might lose a little bit of ROI or profit on an item i think a repricer is is absolutely vital and if i yeah. could say that um one of the if i was to say like do a video on things that i wish i had from the start that would definitely be one of them yeah um is a reprice so i think it's an absolutely vital tool mm-hmm. um if you especially if you're doing uh online arbitrage retail arbitrage you, you're doing clearance items and stuff like mm-hmm. that but um i think uh jc just said yeah my repricer is off for a third of most of my stock. Yeah. So like you said, and the good thing about them is that you can have, cause I have them turned off on some items. Like um, there's like uh, an item that I've sent in at the moment, which is a seasonal item where mm. Amazon has actually just came in stock with the item. They've got about 40 to 50 units. They're going to sell about 500, 600 over Christmas. So I've just turned my repricer off mm-hmm. just to not even bother with that. And hopefully when Amazon sell out, I should start selling. And I know that, that that's worked so um yeah big big fan of a repricer um like i said i've only been using a repricer now for about three or four months but in terms of my experience um what Mm -hmm. i've actually done now is um i've set some uh repricing um what's the word say a strategy so mm-hmm. like for zero to 90 days I have a certain minimum 90 mm-hmm. to 180 days I have a certain minimum There, I'm starting to look to maybe slash the price a little bit mm-hmm. but um and then obviously getting towards that 365 day mark that's where I'm looking to break even on the product and just just get it out just for turnover purposes so um I think you know really good yeah and JC said Reezy said it so uh, he kind of <laughs> the yeah, uh, the uh saying for it but um like i say really good so um but yeah um we have got other questions and i have to apologize because i know i've missed um a lot of them uh there was a question from anita that i did see there about a potential discussion surrounding sourcing wholesale from other countries what i think she
1: means is do you do you have any overseas wholesalers that you deal with andy or um i have uh communicated and spoke to uh quite a few over the years uh but i don't do any business with them just again purely to keep my business as lean and, and as simple as possible um yeah. i don't but yeah i i there there are some really great uh supplies obviously you've got to make sure logistically it works I mean, you can even open up a, a US account and get some US suppliers and, and just deal exclusively over there, mm-hmm. or or vice versa. You can open up um, a, a UK account and get some UK suppliers. Uh, uh, all sorts of different scenarios. Um, uh, there's a young fella in uh, New York called uh, Larry that does all right out of the UK wholesale market, um, mm-hmm. sort of turning over many millions a year out of uh, uh, out of selling wholesale he's based in uh, uh new york and he uh, actually sells on amazon uk so uh yeah some uh some a lot of opportunities through uh, different countries but uh, but yeah you've um it, it depends again on personal choice and and what you want to get out of your business cool
0: um yeah i know there is, there is other questions i'll take one more question from um eat sleep amazon and You said do you do you have a minimum desired roi or a minimum profit you're looking to take per item or, or just does it simply like we were talking about earlier does it all um all just depend on the situation and, and yeah it yeah.
1: does it does depend on the situation i like to try and uh, get uh sort of five pounds um per item if i can my uh my tea is out and my uh and my voice yeah. is going dry i'm but gonna uh... let you go shortly mate we're <laughs> no, it's 15 fine. minutes over um, around, i'm anyway. looking for something to drink <laughs> but um yeah I, I like to try and get uh, five pounds uh, per item if i can but if um if something uh, i want to buy it it's not going to stop me taking a little bit less um yeah in terms of roi as much as humanly possible i'll literally go from anywhere between uh 30 to 250 percent, depending on on what the item is and, and what the situation is There's there's a massive range in there and it all depends on the item at the time competition versus price versus demand and all of that in between so yeah i'll make the decision um on the individual item but uh yeah it's uh that's all it comes down to really but generally as a rule you don't really unless uh, uh you're making loads and loads and loads of volume you don't really want to be taking a couple of pounds because if the market drops a little bit you've got nowhere to go you can quickly get into negative figures uh if you're going for uh for pennies so you need to be a little bit careful if you're if you've got small small profits but uh i like i like five pound profit um and and i also like ten pound profit that's quite nice as well yeah it's
0: a nice number isn't it yeah
1: (laughs) um cool so um like I said um
0: sorry if I did miss your question just reach out to me and um I'm sure Andy will be able to just give me an answer um to anything that you need to know but um obviously Andy has his own YouTube community um you've got an Instagram account you've got a Facebook group which I'm now a member of which I'm super excited about um but you've also got a uh, a course as well which is for people really seriously wanting to get into wholesale and have that that, yeah. you know, individual um one to almost one-to-one, you know, mm-hmm. mentorship through that. Um do, yeah. just, do you just want to just talk about that just for a second? Because it may be something I'm certainly interested in, um, hopefully in the future.
1: Yeah, um, I mean it's uh it's it's kind of a a high-ticket course. Um it might not be appropriate for a lot of people, but I've basically put it together. It's a five-week course uh where um you get um, a bit of my time I've I put together a video series, so you get a, a new video series every week with several different steps. And the idea is it takes you through that process of uh, building your wholesale business or what to do on, on the first week. You go through building your, um, building your static website, uh, putting that together, getting your business card sorted, uh, getting the whole uh, basics together and making sure that's all in place and that looks right. Uh, then getting the wholesale suppliers, the different, I've uh, given you a few different um, ideas. There's probably five or six different uh, ways of getting wholesale suppliers and they can suit different people and different scenarios. And each week you'll go through a different thing for five weeks, basically. And the idea is you just get um, my time. I'll show you everything I know over those five weeks about um, uh Building a wholesale business, you get access to a private Facebook group where we discuss it. I'm on hand all the way through that, and effectively, you get my support uh, for life after that. Um, I I don't say right, it's five weeks and then so yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. You know, that's not how I've done things. If if you invest in me, John will tell you. Uh, John was. uh uh, went on a course uh when he got started on amazon many years ago now i can't even remember uh and you know he made full use out of that support over the years and uh you know he's he's done really well and um he's uh you know very very proud of what he's been able to do and in on the community as well is is awesome but you know i've always got time for john if he if he ever needs to get in touch with me he knows you always can and, and that's years and years later and that goes for anyone that invests in in my time uh, ultimately. So um, yes, it's a high ticket thing, but it's over a five week period. And basically I've tried to assimilate as much of what i know in, uh on in wholesale into, into the course essentially so my aim is to to get you into a, an ongoing uh wholesale business and yes that the uh, the the group is open indefinitely and it, you know uh if it takes you longer to go through that and uh, so be it you know i'm i'm on hand and and happy to help so if you're interested in that you go to wholesale search for wholesale domination on google and it's the top link so wholesale domination, have a look at that. Um, Give me a shout on Instagram or or YouTube or on Facebook. I'm happy just to answer some questions if you like. I do consultation from wholesale-help.com is my website. You can Take an hour's consultation with me if you like, and um, I'm happy to uh, to give you some advice if you need it, or just ask me a question. You know, I'm, I'm available to uh, to answer questions if you like. Always happy to help. But um, but yeah, that's that's me. That's what I do. I try and share uh, this sort of stuff with as many people as possible because I'm passionate about it. I love it, and I like to help people, and it gives me a lot of personal satisfaction to see people grow in their business. And if I can. Uh, make a difference in someone else's life a little bit then that gives me a very warm fuzzy feeling inside so um you know Absolutely. that's 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 what it's all about for me i found a, i found a new passion once i started doing uh this kind of uh content creation in actually uh sort of helping helping other people is is immensely satisfying so uh, yeah always always happy to help if i can and it's a great business and there's so much out there for people if you have some inspiration and energy for it then it's all there for you you know it's uh, it's a great business and wish everyone the best of luck yeah, and
0: just just coming from, I've I've sat through this live show with a with a massive grin on my face the whole time, just to hear Andy's passion. It's been it's been amazing, especially that opening speech. Um, for me, it really really did hit a point there. Um, where you're talking about the freedom and stuff. You know, mm. you, you're honest. You you know you you don't want to be a millionaire and stuff. You know, I, I know that there's gurus out there that sell these courses that make you out, make it out to be like, you know, you follow my steps and I can make you drive this Ferrari, this Lamborghini, you know, and my yeah. books on the shelf, you know, and all that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And um, whilst that's all great and I respect that hustle, mm-hmm coming from someone that's actually been in the business for 20 plus years and mm. 10 plus years on Amazon it's just a different vibe that you get from it and and you can tell and just even like myself just just going to the whole community thing like I've been selling on Amazon longer than I've been on YouTube but as soon as I got on YouTube and I made a couple of free videos on YouTube and I just got a couple of comments you just it just ignites you and and just gives you that fulfillment that you're helping mm. someone and and that's what it is for me more than anything monetary thing obviously you have to pay for your time because there exactly. is something that you could be doing you could be making a lot more money by doing wholesale um yep. and the same as me you know i've mm-hmm. um, recently just done a couple of coaching calls which i charge very very minimum for but you know it's it's not going to benefit me from a money point of view. I just love having that one-to-one interaction and watching yeah. someone grow. So um, like I said, um, please, please, please reach out to Andy at any of the links below. What I will do is I will edit this video and pop the um, other two links for the website and the course in the description below. So you guys can head back to that if you wanted to re-watch this video, because there are so many points that Andy brought up. So I highly recommend re-watching the video. Um, but yeah, um, just once again, Andy, thank you so much for um, coming on the live show. I promise you that we would never go longer than an hour and a half. We are now at the hour Liar. and 54 minutes. <laughs> which is um, uh, amazing for my watch time because I'm still trying to get to that um, 4,000 hours watch time for uh, YouTube monetization. But awesome. Thank you for everyone for joining in. Um, anything you want to just end on here?
1: no absolutely it's been, it's been great i've I've really enjoyed talking to you guys and uh yeah it's what i it's what i do um you know i i love talking about it i love helping people and, and anything uh i can do to to facilitate you building your business is 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 great fun so uh yeah thanks for for joining us all the way through there's a lot of people still here at the two hour mark so yeah yeah so,
0: really really bye. appreciate you guys um uh sticking around and then phil's just summed that up he said uh andy must have started in primary school doesn't look old enough to be in the game 20 plus years you, there you. You go. You. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to finish the uh, we're going to finish the show on a comment from sean who says boom so uh yeah so thanks everyone for watching guys and i shall see you on the next show cheers guys bye